Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Let us pray and listen to the teaching together. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can learn your word. Lord, we value your principle, your biblical principle. And we want to learn more so that we can do the right thing in our life on earth here. We know, Lord, time is passing away every day. And we don't want to waste time in life. We want to do the right thing every day. And we want to pass on the good, godly legacy into the next generation. And we want to see our children become fruitful, righteous, godly, and strong leaders in the generation to come, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I would like to continue the teaching from last Sunday. I would not be able to finish the whole thing again today, but I will continue next time. Last Sunday on the Mother's Day, we learned that children matter to God. And God used children to really bring benefit to us that we will grow up more when we either raise our own children or we help taking care of other children, of other parents. God used children to teach us. That's why Jesus said, become more like these little children. You learn from them, actually. You grow when they come into your life. And we learned last time that we can offer five things to our children, when either our own kids or the kids of other family. We can offer them five things. Last Sunday, we learned that we can offer them acceptance, unconditional acceptance. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 5, the Bible says, Anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. When we unconditionally welcome little children, we actually practice the behavior of honoring Jesus Christ. We should welcome all the children, regardless of how they look, of how they behave, or who their parents are. And this should happen in the home first, that we welcome all the children. I know that accepting and welcoming children are very exhausting, very frustrating sometimes, and overwhelming, because they are very demanding. But when we do that, we will grow more spiritually, and they will feel the love from God. They feel that we represent God, parents represent God, to the children. They don't know God yet, but we are the representative of God. And when we show love to them, they can feel the love of God later on in life when they grow up. So we should accept all the children and we want them to go to heaven with us. We don't only accept their appearance or their personality or their temperament, but we accept their need as well. We need to accept their need. It's not easy at all to raise children. It's very difficult because they are needy. They need your time. They need your attention and can be very tiring. But I learned from God that God accepts us unconditionally. A 
few days ago, my phone turned on. Don't bother at night. Do not disturb at night. I did not set that up because I said, don't mind. People call me at midnight, so I had tried to learn how to turn it off. And when I tried to turn it off, God said to me, "Do you know in heaven there is no sign like that? That don't bother me after midnight. You can." Talk to him. You can pray to him anytime. He will help you anytime. He is a good God. The one of scripture said this that he is sitting on the throne and he stooped down to help us. He is such a compassionate God. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verses 13 to 14, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear Him. God is our example. He never turned us away. He has compassion on us. He never looked at us as a burden. He always want to help us. He is not exhausted by our immaturity. He loves us so much. Anytime we ask for direction, He gives us direction. Anytime we pray, He listens to us. That is the God we worship. Anytime, any day, He loves us. He shows compassion to us. In the same way, we should show compassion to our children or the children of other families as well. And when we do that, one day when they grow up, they can understand. Oh, that's how God loved me. God has compassion on me. He never rejected me. I have never been a burden to him. He always listened to me. He helped me anytime. So the first thing, unconditional acceptance. Today we continue the second thing that we want to offer. The second thing is that we offer children guidance. Everyone say guidance. We cannot build a beautiful garden by throwing seed randomly into the air and expect those seed to drop on the ground and become a beautiful garden. In the same way. You cannot expect children to grow up to be righteous leader, godly, fruitful, mature adult by random care. You cannot do that accidentally, randomly, without planning and without guidance. If you want your children to be successful in life, you need to give them some guidance. Therefore, consistent. And godly guidance is crucial in parenting and in the church life for the younger people. We need to give them consistent. Everyone say consistent. consistent. Everyone say godly, godly. guidance. Godly. Let me read scripture to you. Psalm 34, verse 11. Children, come and listen to me. I will teach you to worship the Lord. In Psalm 78, verse 4. We will not hide this truth from our children, but will tell. Everyone say, "Come." Everyone say, "Listen." Everyone say, "Tell." We'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. Proverbs chapter twenty-two verse six: Teach children. Everyone say, "Teach." Teach children how they should live, and they will remember it. All their lives, you notice that there are actions in these three scriptures. Come, listen, 
tell, teach. There are actions here. Okay, as Christians, we should live a life of example to our children and to the children in the church. We set good example to them. We read the Bible. We go to church every Sunday. We serve God. We honor our pastor. We love God. We are giver. We are generous. We show example by our action. But at the same time, it's not enough just to walk our faith in action. We need to intentionally open our mouth and guide them with our words. We need to explain to them about God, about why we tithe, about why we go to church. We explain to them. We show them by our action and by our words. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word. Is that right? So if you don't open your mouth and speak, they cannot hear. You need to open your mouth and speak to them and explain to them so that they can understand the way of God. And they can build their faith up by they are hearing the word from our mouth. We need to be intentional about this. We need to set the, aside the time to talk to them, to teach them, to guide them by using the Bible and using our biblical life. So we want to put the truth into their heart. We want to sow the seed of the truth into their heart. And we water it, water their heart and show love to them so that we can prepare them that one day they will be like the arrow that you shoot them out of your home, boop, into the world, and they will become successful people. You prepare them, you shape them to be very, very sharpened arrow to send them out by showing example and teaching them the way of God. And eventually they will catch the truth. They will hear the truth and they will practice what they learn from you. They will have the spiritual development. So it's so important that we should be intentional, consistent, and serious about guiding them with our word. Some of you, when you listen to this teaching right now, you feel overwhelmed. Pastor, I'm a new believer. I accept Christ about three months ago. I'm not a theologian. I never went to Bible school. I don't know how to teach them the Bible. I am not a Bible teacher, I'm not a Sunday school teacher. Wow, you put big burden on me now. How can I teach them? How can I help them? I don't know the whole Bible yet. I'm still learning. But let me ask this question. Are you the crowd or you are the disciple? Are you the crowd? The crowd means those people who come to Jesus for healing, for miracle, for blessing, and after they get everything, bye-bye, Jesus, I'm leaving. I hope you are not the crowd. I hope you are the disciple. Disciples are those who follow Jesus everywhere, all the time, and practice what they learn from Jesus. They are disciples. And I believe, I pray that my members at New Hope are disciples, not the crowd. Just come to church for very delicious Vietnamese lunch, food. Come to church for good snack, for looking for boyfriend and girlfriend. Then you are the crowd. You are not the disciple. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples 
teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this: I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So God say that as Christian, we are disciple, and we are not only disciple, but we need to make disciple. And if you are parents, the first group of people you need to disciple is your children. And definitely, some of you may have a hard desire to disciple young people in the church. Some kids in the church, you get involved in looking after the kids in the church. But you need to make disciple. How can you make disciple? You make disciple by being disciple yourself first. Therefore, I want to tell you: two days ago, three days ago, I was sitting in the car driving to church with Pastor Da, and suddenly God spoke to me. I want to share my story a little bit. Suddenly, God spoke to me. He showed me liberation. He he didn't speak that much. He just dropped into my heart like a download. Show me. So, the, basically, he said this to me in that download. You remember when you came to America? You were new believers. You just accept Christ about two years before. I came to America. The first year went by. Second year went by in a training. By the third year, God spoke to me: "Start the church, take care of my people." Oh, the first reaction is, "Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm a neurosurgeon. I never went to Bible school. I never been trained to be a pastor. I never know how to preach. I don't know how to run the church. I think you called the wrong person." So I say no, and he kept. Talking to me every single night for the whole one month, 30 days, until the 30 days, he say again, "Could you please start a church, take care of my sheep in Seattle area? There are many sheep that are not taken care in the church; they're lost." That's what God spoke to me. By the 30 day, I say yes. Boom! In two weeks, the church start. After I say yes, the church started, and after that, oh. I was so nervous because I never preach, and Pastor Dan never run any Sunday school. We just run and start to study the Bible. So at that time, what I did is I just taught what I learned. When I don't know, I didn't teach. So I just taught my member only what I know. What I don't know, I don't teach. So as time go by, I keep learning more and more and more. The more I learn, the more I teach. So we all grow together. And now we look back. Wow! If I did not listen to God and obey His calling on that day, I might have been divorced by now. I might have been sick and died by now, because many of my doctor's friend already died from cancer at this age. They all died, but I'm still healthy and alive. And God showed me. Because you obey me, that force you to study Bible, that force you to behave, that force you to obey me and be example in the church, and then what you learn, you share with the congregation, and you yourself actually get benefit more than the congregation. I don't know you understand what I'm, I'm talking about here. I get the benefit of being a pastor more than you, because I take serious about studying the Bible, and teach, and. When I obey the Bible myself, I get the blessing and the benefit. 
So in the same way, parents, my story is a good example to you. You may not know all the Bible, you may not be a Bible teacher, but you start today taking serious about going to care group, reading the Bible, listening to our teaching in the YouTube. By the way, that church, I want to bring that to my church now. That church in Bangkok. Anyone who's gonna come on the pulpit on the stage here, <laughs> this is their church. Maybe I should have this. Have to listen to many series of our teaching from New Hope and pass the test. <laughs> At least have passed more than 50 percent time. Otherwise, they cannot be on the stage. Maybe I should do this. Everyone who want to serve God as leader and come up on the stage. Have to listen to mini series and pass the test, so that they can think the same way in the whole church. I think I should bring this to this church. I ask them to send the test in English to me, so I can do that in New Hope. <laughs> you can study. You can read the Bible. You can join the care group. You can go to the camp. You can go to the discipleship class, learning little by little. And as you learn, you go and teach your children. You learn and you teach. You learn and you teach. Actually, it benefits both sides, you and your kids. So when you make a decision, I'm gonna disciple my kids. I'm gonna guide them, show them. You grow more. Amen. You take more serious about walking with God because you want to show them as example, and you want to teach them. So you get serious about studying the Bible so that you can teach and guide your children. You guide them. Little by little, day by day, and you will make it. You will raise your children as godly people. You can pass on the godly inheritance to them. The stronger you have relationship with the father, you can help your kids to have a stronger relationship with the father. The more you are close to the Holy Spirit, the more you can help your kids to be close to the Holy Spirit. The more you use your gift. The more you can help your kids to find out their gifts, their calling, and they can serve God. So, the most important thing in this show is to make the parents mature, Amen. because the kids stay in the Sunday school only two hours a week. But you, parents, adults, you are the one who spend more time with your children and other people's children. You need to grow up. You need to make sure you guide. The kids with your example and your Bible knowledge and your lifestyle of being a Christian. So guidance need commitment, need intention, need time. You need to commit yourself to make disciple with your kids. You need to have an intention. I'm gonna help my kids to be disciple. Some of you. Your kids have grown up and they backslid already. They walk away from God. As long as you leave and they leave, not too late. You should call them up, share with them how God is good, share with them what you learn from the Bible, and invite them to come back to Jesus. Don't give up. Even after your kids grown up, I share last Sunday because I'm a doctor. I see people die in front of my eyes a lot. People just die on the ICU in front of me. To me, I believe life and death is a serious issue. Heaven and hell is serious to me. 
Because after I know the Bible that once people die and go to hell, no second chance. They will live in hell for eternity. But at, on the opposite way, if people know Jesus and go to heaven and have rewards in heaven, they will be there for eternity. So to my heart, the first thing in my heart is that I want to make sure my wife and my three children will go to heaven with me. I don't want them to go to hell. So I will do everything to make sure my kids are saved and love Jesus Christ. Parents, please make sure your kids are born again and saved because hell is serious, scary. I don't want my kids to go to hell. We need to make sure that they know Jesus. So you do anything, you pray, you fast, You encourage them. You share testimony with them. You share the word of God with them. You love them. You sow the seed into their heart. Your goal is that before you die, you see your kids saved and go to heaven. Very important. Amen. It may not happen overnight. That's okay. But you want them to go to heaven with you. I think in the church we don't talk about hell enough. That's why people forget about this. That oh, my kids, oh, they enjoy life. They have good job. They go to hell. It's okay. No, serious. Hell is serious. We pray for them. Make sure we show good example to them that they will come to know Jesus Christ. We keep sowing the seed into their heart. Keep fasting and pray for them. And make sure you give them guidance and show them how to walk with God, how to become a mature man and woman of God. They're too young to understand. Your job is to help them. But before you can help them, you need to grow up first. You need to be strong Christian. That's why I don't believe in producing weak disciple in this church or producing weak members. I want all of you to be strong. Everyone, make your hand this way. Or you are this kind of Christian. The devil slap on your left cheek. The devil slap on your right cheek. No. You're strong, so you can help your children. Everyone, make your hand again. Strong, strong soldier of Christ. How can you help your children if you're weak Christians? You need to be strong. Amen. Okay, let me continue. One more thing quickly. I cannot finish the second one here. Not only you offer acceptance, you offer guidance, you offer correction. Mm, I swallow my throat now. This is a tough one. Some of you may think that oh, this is a tough thing to correct and to discipline my children. Thank you. It's hard to correct them and discipline them. And you may think like me. Wow! When I started this church 33 years ago, I should have this level of wisdom and anointing at that time. But because I was so young believer, I did not know much. I still struggle with my pastoral work. The same thing. If I grow to this point, I can raise my children better than when I was younger because I grow in my wisdom and my understanding of God. It's hard when you are not mature yet to correct. And to discipline your children. Not only that, there are problems between husband and wife. Husband and wife may not agree in the way they discipline their children and correct their children. 
the husband may say, "Oh, that's okay. He can play on the internet for five hours a day. That's okay." And the mom say, "No, no, no. Give him only one hour a day. Maybe you have different ideas about disciplining and correcting your children. But no matter what, you must correct and discipline." Your children, and if you don't do that, you are leading your children to destruction, to failure, and to death. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17, "Whoever abides by discipline walks toward life; whoever ignores correction goes astray." If you and your children Abide in discipline. God discipline you, correct you, warn you, or your children listen to your correction words or discipline. They are walking toward life, but if they ignore the discipline, the correction, they are walking toward destruction. Do you love your children? Do you want them to have life? Yes. The reason God corrects us and disciplines us because He loves us. Actually, I plan to teach one Sunday how God disciplines us. I will not tell you what Sunday because you will not show up. <laughs> I will do it out of the blue. That learn how God disciplines us, so that you know God loves us so much. He disciplines us. We want our children to have life, so we need to correct them and discipline them. Otherwise, terrible things happen. I noticed that in this generation, in my dad's generation, oh, I saw my dad spank my older son. I never forgot. I was standing there at six years old, and my dad tied the hand of my oldest brother, and like this, in front of me. After that day, uh, I'm not gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna rebel against my dad. I don't want that spank, and I went to Catholic school in Thailand. And I got spanked by my teacher one time. My teacher noticed I was talking to my friend. The teacher called me out. Stand here. Since that day, I never played with kids in the class anymore, because I was spanked. I was disciplined and corrected to stop my bad behavior. Amen. I know that correction and discipline are very hard and exhausting and very difficult. And sometimes, because of the conflict between husband and wife, the mom and the dad, and the difficulty in talking to the kids, and the kids yell back and rebel, you want to give up, and you don't want to discipline your children anymore. And you say, "This is an act of love, so I don't want them to feel bad. I'm not going to say anything anymore. Let them do whatever they want." But let me read the last scripture for today, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Next time, I'm going to teach more in detail how to correct and discipline your children. So, Jung, you need to learn this. You're gonna have a baby soon. If you refuse to discipline your son, it proves you Proverb 13:24. It proves you don't love him. If God doesn't discipline you, He doesn't love you. God loved you, He disciplined you. How many people get disciplined by God? I got. I don't want to be disciplined by God anymore. That's why I try to behave. God loves us. That's why He disciplines us. Because we love our children, we should discipline them. In my home, when our kids are still small, 
Pasada put a stick on the top of the shelf because our kids are small; they cannot grab the stick to throw in the garbage can. So every time they start to act up and rebel, Pasada just walk to that shoes closet. When she opened the shoe closet, Tanida Joy ran all over the place. <laughs> They know the stick is coming. She grab. And come here. That's why they behave nowadays, because we discipline our children. Amen. If you don't discipline your kids, you are bringing harm to your kids. When should we start to discipline them? Last one, Proverbs 19:18. Discipline your children while they are young enough to learn. If you don't do You are helping them destroy themselves. Wow! Discipline your kids since they are young, as little as you can. Toddler, discipline them. Correct them as soon as possible. Don't wait until they turn teenager. Don't be afraid of your kids. Don't treat your kids as God. Don't treat your kids as boss. Some parents are afraid of kids. When the kids yell, "Okay, okay, kid, okay," they're afraid of their kids. No, you have authority from God to teach them, to correct them, to discipline them. You may not spank them, but you talk to them. Hey, you need to do this, and you stand firm. You stand firm. You don't yield to your kids. You teach them the right thing. Amen. So I cannot stop here because of the time. I don't have time to finish discipline yet, but we'll continue next time. So we learn number one: raising the next generation, passing the godly heritage or the godly legacy. Number one: accept our children and other children unconditionally. Two: guide them with the word of God. Being example to them, that they can see you as example, and you open your mouth intentionally. You consistently talk to them, not nagging them, not scolding at them. You just share with them in love the word of God, the way of God. You may not open the Bible, but you share what you do in life in obeying God, and you. Guide them in the way of God, with the wisdom from God. Number three, when they do wrong, when they go into wrong way, please correct them, please discipline them. Amen. If your kids start to act up, okay, no money this month. You don't have money. I'm not gonna give you. Sorry, you need to discipline. Not oh, you can. Play whatever. I can still give you five hundred dollars a month. No, we will not give. Stop. We need to discipline you. We need to turn off the TV. Don't treat your kids as your god, as your boss. They need to learn all these things because one day they grow up, they will learn that God unconditionally accept them and welcome them. Two, they will learn how to be guided by God. They learn how to 
get the word in and guided by God because you practice that to them. Three, they will learn that if they sin against God, they start to rebel or act up. God gonna discipline them. They need to learn from you first, because God give authority to you to be His representative to raise them up. This is the way of God. Amen. Amen. How many people say I gonna practice what I learn? So next time you're gonna learn more how to discipline our children and the kids under our care, and we continue to learn more how to raise the next generation. You learn something, Father. Help us, Lord, to have faith and boldness, to accept all the children unconditionally, to welcome them, love them. Help us, Lord, by Your Holy Spirit, to guide all the children in this generation that You put in our life, Lord. Either our own children or the children of other parents in the church. Guide them into the godly way. Teach them. Give us understanding, and we can open our mouth and share with them the truth of God, the way of God. Lord, help us not to walk in fear. We will not fear our children. We will not fear their opinions, their reaction. We are bold. We have faith to speak the truth to them, to guide them. Lord, help us indeed, Lord. A Lord, show us. Teach us, help us to be wise in correcting and disciplining our children, Lord. We don't want them to walk into the direction of death and destruction. We want them to be successful, to be fruitful, to be mature. And when we send them out from our home, they will be ready. To face this dark world, and they shall be the blessing in their office, in their job, to their spouse, to their children in the future, Lord. We want to train them to be better than us, Lord. Oh Lord, help us, Lord, to practice what we learn. Thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. At the end, I would like to pray for people who want to be prayed for. One day, God spoke to me this way. People ask me, "We have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit help us? What does He do?" And suddenly, I heard from heaven. He said to me, "He is my helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Basically." He helped us in everything. He helped me in my surgery. He helped me in pastoring. He helped you in parenting. He helped you in being a good husband, a good wife. He helped you in your ministry. That's why it's good to be filled with the Holy Spirit and learn how to walk with the Spirit instead of doing your own thing. That's why our church loves to pray for people to have the Holy Spirit fill them, touch them. So that they will not have to walk by themselves, but they can have the Holy Spirit to help them in their life. How many people want to be successful? How many people want to see great things in your life? You cannot do it by yourself. 
you need a helper. So after we sing the last song here, we will, uh, I will pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, before we sing, let me ask one question. Any one of you is not sure that you have salvation or you can go to heaven after you leave this world? How many people are not sure you are the disciple of Jesus Christ? You know, Jesus said in the Bible, Matthew chapter 7, not everyone who call me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. You need to make sure you are born again and you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't we confess with our mouth together that we repent of our sin and believe in Jesus and we commit our life to Jesus as His disciple. Amen? Let's confess. And if you never confess this, confess with me now. Father in heaven, I want to be your child. To be Jesus' disciple. I repent of my sin and believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior, my King, my Lord, and my Master. Lord Jesus, I will follow you all the days of my life. I will obey you and serve you. I believe my name is recorded in the book of life in heaven. I have eternal life that Jesus paid for me. I declare I am a born-again Christian. Jesus is my Lord all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Anoint me. Protect me. Provide for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help us to walk with you faithfully, Lord, to the end. Help us to grow spiritually so that we can pass on to the next generation, Lord. We will serve you, Lord. We and our house shall serve the Lord together, Lord. Our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren in this church will continue to serve the Lord and love you, Lord. Lord, our next generation will be better than this generation. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We invite your Holy Spirit to come and touch those who are hungry this morning, Lord. Fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Those who have never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.